Okay, welcome everybody to the Bible Thumper podcast. <clears throat> My name is Patrick Hayes, and with me as always is Caleb Jenks, <clears throat> live down in Texas. And <clears throat> Caleb, next week we are going to be talking about... Oh boy, it just brought up every event on Facebook. How is that helpful? Here we go. Uh, fathers and husbands. <clears throat> so we're going to give it to the men next week. So ladies, make sure your husbands or fiancés or boyfriends tune in next week because we are going to let the men have it. Uh, we're going to let them know exactly what God wants them to do to be a husband or a father. It's the only announcement I got. Um, anything from you, Caleb? No, I guess I got to get my act together in the next seven days, make sure I'm doing my job. <laughs> you know what I was thinking? And <clears throat> I That's do. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It caused me to cause me to think this week. Um, what we're going to be prone to doing is just talking about all the stuff that we do well. Right. Because those that's the first 10 things I want to list is all the stuff that I'm doing great at. So really, uh, we're going to need a little bit of help from the audience as far as, you know, uh, send in some comments and let us know what we need to be talking about as far as what men do well. Uh, so contact, contact our wives. And find there out you go. Yeah. Talk to our <laughs> wives over the course of the next week and find out all of our faults and failings. And then we can have to deal with those next week. So. All right. So uh, tonight we're talking about should women be pastors? So, Caleb, let me ask you the question. Should women be pastors? Nope. What? Is there anything else we need to talk about tonight? I can't believe you are that closed minded and sexist. What? I had no idea I was dealing with someone like that. This is ridiculous, Caleb. Today, well, in 2020, you're saying a woman can't be a pastor. Where do you get such an idea? Yeah, it's, it's actually more controversial than, <laughs> than what you think than what you would think it should be. If, if we'd have had this podcast 100 years ago, well, we probably wouldn't have had the technology <laughs> to do the podcast. Sure. But let's say we were talking about it 100 years ago. Everyone yeah. would be asking the same question. What are you guys talking about? Right. Because that's yeah, how many women pastors there were. There, there's going to be people watching this video that that your pastor is a woman, and so that's going to be a. There's going to be people watching this video whose pastor is a queer, and and they can't figure out why there's a problem with that. So apparently, the use of the word pastor here must be pretty pretty loose. <laughs> well, you know what? Okay, this is the funny thing. So the argument that I give. Uh, that I use for this is the same argument with, um, you know, homosexual marriage. They, they always have this debate about, oh, homosexual marriage. And, it, you know, is it OK? And I'm like, it doesn't exist. Like, that's what you guys don't seem to be able to pick up. Who invented marriage? God did. Well, because of that, he sets the parameters. And guess what? He set them up in the Bible and it's a man and a woman. So there's literally no such thing as homosexual marriage. I don't care what judge you stood in front of. I don't care what kind of ceremony there was. I don't care what color the flowers were. Okay. You're not married. 
you can do whatever rigmarole you want. You can get any piece of paper from any justice of the peace. I could care less. Okay, God invented marriage. And in the same way, God set up the position in the local church for a pastor and God sets the parameters. And there's no such thing as a woman pastor. So, you know, I don't know what these women are doing. Okay, but they ain't pastors. Yeah, it's um, it's a highly controversial topic right now, obviously. And I mean, it's kind of the perfect storm, I think, politically and the way that our society is right now because of the, the fact that if you're a woman in the workplace or in any other, other part of life, there is definitely a big push right now for women to be able to uh, kind of explore other other areas that maybe your grandmother wouldn't have done. So I thought it would be that it is important for us to make, make mention of the fact that the Bible is talking strictly about church and about pastors. And so obviously Patrick and I are on the topic of that tonight, not saying that um, if you're in the workplace or, or other things that we're against women's rights or against you um, interacting in other other areas of life. Um, voting as a woman, you know, plenty of other things that have been fought for by women that aren't necessarily prohibited in scripture, but there is things in scripture that it says there is, there is clear roles for men and women. And so I think it's important for us to, to keep the, keep to the topic of the fact that we're clearly talking about pastors tonight, talking about the church, talking about what God says about women. And it's interesting to me how this is, um, how the church has somehow bought into this whole move with society to, to completely turn everything on its head as far as the roles of men and women in the family, in the church, the idea that um, the church should take the same viewpoint that the rest of society takes on this issue would be, would be the stupidest thing we could actually do as a church because we have, we have uh, boys and girls growing up in the home not knowing really what the roles of a man and woman should be, not knowing if they can tell if they're a man or a woman, thinking that maybe they should uh, redo that, or, you know, remodel their bodies to become the opposite gender. And um, the church really should have some solid footing in the word of God here in the fact that he's created us as male and female and be content with sticking to what God says and not constantly trying to push the boundaries to make us adapted to society because we really can't help society out at that point when we go to that point. So I think it's, it's important for us to be willing to say, okay, this is how God designed it. This is how he made us. And, and just, and just to have a peace with that. So I think we can actually kind of take a deep breath on this topic, relax and just say, Hey, it's okay to talk about this. Yeah. It's controversial, but it's really not in God's eyes. God created us this way. And if we all want to be the same, I mean, there's quite a few of us out there that I, I, people say, oh, it's no fair. It's no fair. You know, men and women have different roles. We should all just be treated the same, be the same. Does anybody really want us all to be the same, look the same, have everything exactly fair? I mean, I, for one, am very thankful that God created created men and women differently. <laughs> I'm very yeah. thankful that there is the opposite gender for us to be attracted to, for us to interact with the strengths and weaknesses that women have. I'm very thankful that I don't have to, to do some of the things that my wife does. Um, so I think that we can be at peace and realize that God created us this way and we don't have to complain about it. And when we get to that point of complaining about it and saying, oh, it's no fair. Well, that's all we're doing is we're, we're trying to, we're discontent. You, you were going to say something, Patrick. Well, 
Okay, think of this, because <clears throat> you said a couple things that I didn't want to stop you in the middle of it, but I, I did want to not forget about the point you're making. So one, you talked about how uh, today in churches were, were turning things upside down and, and putting them on their head. And when you think about it, Caleb, whose mission has it been to take everything of God's and turn it 180 degrees and make it the opposite? Whose goal has that been throughout, you know? The history of the world. Yeah, it's been Satan. That's what he does. And from the very beginning, um, I mean, we're talking all the way back to Genesis chapters two and three. We see that God made a man and a woman. He made them very different. And all of us are thankful for that. Uh, he not only made them different physically, he also made them different mentally, different emotionally, uh, different spiritually. Uh, God made men and women uh, with different strengths and the way they work best is when a man and a woman get married and they join their strengths together to make what God instituted, which was the family. Uh, the family was the very first thing that God instituted. He instituted the family in Genesis chapter two prior to even the nation of Israel, which we find, you can argue, Genesis chapter 12, certainly 15 and 18, and then um, with a God talking to Abraham. Uh, and then he institutes the church 4,000 years after the family. The family is the number one thing that the so entire wait. Bible is about. So you mean the church didn't institute the family <laughs> no 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 they did not um it is but we should have the right to go ahead and reach redo the whole thing if god got it wrong the church should have we should we're kind of second best right so we should be able to redo this whole thing right i'll tell you what it's really no the lies of the devil have been the same for six thousand years they really haven't changed even one little bit and if you go back to genesis chapter three and you find out uh the first thing that the devil said he actually asked a question and he says, hath God said, uh, he asked a question which was to cast doubt upon the word of God. And that's the same thing that's going on today is, uh, oh, uh, you don't have to listen to that because that's old fashioned. That was only for that time. And uh, there are so many different ways that the devil casts doubt upon the word of God today. And unfortunately, he usually has Christians and pastors doing his bidding uh, for him. And it's so unfortunate, you know, when you see that. And the good news is the Bible does say that there is a special place in hell for pastors that lead their people astray. Obviously, we're talking about non-saved people. You know, so <clears throat> the, from the very beginning, God made men and women different. Okay. And he gave us each roles. And the happiest a man is going to be is when he accepts his roles given to him by God. And the happiest a woman is going to be is when she accepts her roles given to her by God. And the funniest thing about these two roles is that God equipped men with what they need for their roles. And God equipped women with what they need for their roles. God also equipped men to be terrible at women's roles. And God made it so that women are terrible at men's roles. And we see that over and over and over again. So you we just made it. that as a blanket statement, like about all yep. men and all women. That's so sexist. It is. I, I Patrick Hayes, am as sexist as you can possibly get. Okay, now real quick, I want to make one more point and I'll let you jump in and correct me. 
Okay, there is only one time in the entire Bible where men and women are equal, and that is their salvation. Worth. Okay, their All worth. Right. Okay, the way God sees their value is equal. Other than that, there's not a single thing where we are equal. We are so different. <clears throat> it's obvious. Stop fighting it. Uh, it's just so much easier, you know, when we when we get on board. Okay, so Caleb, you want to bring up any Bible to support our crazy claims here, or do you want to just go off of anecdotal evidence? Because I can go oh, yeah, off that's... of anecdotal evidence. Okay, I've heard women preachers, and they're terrible. Well, all right. So that's that is really a good good thing to uh, to bring up before we go into the Bible part. Here is this is where it always tends to go. Is the um, oh, I know somebody that's really anointed. They're, they they really have a, a gift who, of. Oh, she's great. She's so good. <laughs> I noticed. Noticed your voice changed an octave. I hear there. God <laughs> speaking through her. <laughs> All right. So, she anyways, obviously, the, the Holy Spirit is moving through her. <laughs> so obviously. <laughs> Obviously, my co my co host is having issues. So, anyways, okay. back to the topic here. <laughs> oh man, if you're friends with Patrick Hayes on Facebook, <laughs> you get to see you get to see he has no shame in his game here. Um, so, anyways, you, you'll you will run across guys or girls that seem to um, have this anointing of this gift. And I think this is a very, a very interesting thing for us to get out of the way is the more that you do something, the better you become at it. And there are people that have really good people skills. There are going to be people out there that are like very me. passionate. Pe Mr. People skills, <laughs> tact and poise. <laughs> Caleb, I like where you're going. Go ahead. All right. Well, are you done interrupting? Sorry. <laughs> That's <laughs> no, fine. Um, yeah, anyway, so you can you can become good at at any pretty much anything you set your hand to. I um, I don't think that it's that it's impossible that you've encountered somebody that has that seems to have the knack for being a woman pastor. But just because somebody is good at it doesn't necessarily mean that God has designed them to be in the role of a pastor. Or just because somebody is passionate about the Bible or about truth or they have really good theology doesn't necessarily mean that they should be a pastor. Uh, there may be people that have actually helped you in your walk with God that were a pastor. But what we're looking at here is what does the Bible say? Not what has, what is my opinion? What has my experience been? What is like, like Patrick said, we really, we can go either biblical or we could just go with emotions and anecdotes. And, um, and I think that we should choose biblical biblical the biblical route here and so i would just say if you're watching this and you and you're you're going to go that route emotionally to drop those bombs and say um well obviously i know somebody that you know how could you do this to pastor jane she's my friend and she's really good and you guys are you know you how can you be so so unchristian here that you would I'm say loving. that yeah so anyway we we are simply going off of what the bible says here and i believe that there are that there are women and men both that are called to to um, speak and to and to um, to proclaim truth. If you look at Philip in the Bible, he had daughters that were prophesying or that were you know 
they were, they were advocating for the gospel. There can be men and women alike that both advocate for the gospel. That doesn't, that's not the same as being in a place of authority in the church as a pastor. Um, I would say if we were going to go off of what the, what the scripture says, before, uh, where, you, before you get a verse, can I just add to okay. what you said there? Oh yeah, okay. go ahead. And Caleb and I were talking about this prior to this whole video starting up. I would, I would imagine any woman listening to this who is my friend or, or used to be my friend prior to listening to this, we have talked about the Bible a lot. I enjoy talking to women about the Bible as much as I enjoy talking to men about the Bible. I enjoy talking to any intelligent person about the Bible. And I have had several times where I have learned things uh, about the Bible that women have revealed to me. There's an, I have no problem, you know, with any of that. And that's not what we're talking about. The Bible has parameters, though. And, and Caleb made mention of it, not, not just pastoring. The Bible also makes mention of women in positions of leadership in the church, specifically over men. And this is one that just does not get addressed. It gets skirted around, swept under the rug, avoided because there's a woman willing to do the job in this case or that in the church. And uh, they have men under their authority and nobody seems to care about it. So go ahead, Caleb. I got a bunch of verses that I got together. I'll, I'll let you have first crack at it. Where do you want to go? Well, so uh, one verse that I had looked up while you were talking a minute ago, uh, when you had mentioned the fact that there is one one place where men and women are equal, and that is in mm-hmm. their worth, the way that God looks at us. So I thought this this should we should get this out of the way early on. Galatians three twenty eight. Um, It says there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. All right. There it is. Women can do anything. Thank you for settling it. Was that 328? Yes, Galatians 328. So here we see that in God's eyes, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew, a Gentile, if you're a man, a woman, you, the salvation is there for everyone. And I think that we should not confuse this with other parts of scripture that are clearly talking about the the church structure. And it's also interesting that the Old Testament, there were judges, there were times in the Old Testament where there were women that were leaders or in a position of, of authority in the Old Testament. In the New Testament church, it's being made very clear here that as shepherds, which is actually really where most of these, um, where different translations may translate it as bishop or as um, pastor or whatever. Um, the word pastor is an English is an English word, but wh- whether you're in a position of being a bishop or a pastor or an elder, um, it seems that it's pretty clear here. So let's go to First Timothy three two. Oh boy, um, I'm, I'm in the King James version here. It says a bishop. Then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach. Now, I guess women pastors, I, I would recommend that you get together and retranslate the Bible to get um, to get some of these problems dealt with, because this obviously should have been, you know, um, that church leaders should be the wife of one husband. <laughs> So if you could figure out how to retranslate this to be more friendly to your, uh, to your soft approach here on, 
on this, that would be helpful if you're going to try to argue that the Bible indicates that men or women can be church leaders in this way. Um, so I'm not sure what some, some of the scriptures that you had, Patrick, but I find it to be interesting that the only places that we have for guidance as a church when we are going to figure out if somebody actually qualifies to be a pastor, we go to the Bible and we find here that they are supposed to be the husband of one wife. And you would have to completely ignore this if it was a woman. I mean, I guess you could just say, well, the same applies for the woman. You just make sure that she's the, the, the wife of one husband. And then he's the, he's the pastor's wife, I guess. <laughs> However that works. I mean, you just have to, you have to take something like this and completely ignore it. So um, there's plenty of other things you'd have to be ignoring as well. But I think that the idea for me, the idea that, let's say the pastor of my church says, all right, well, maybe God meant this. Maybe God, maybe we should do it the other way around. And so we're going to have, I'm going to have my wife become the pastor and I'm going to, I'm going to step into the other role and I'm going to go ahead and let the, my wife lead out. To me, that would be, I mean, it's such a laughable thing to think of the fact that, that as men, that we would sit back and say, all right, whatever problems come up in the church, whatever issues that we have to deal with, which believe me, there's plenty of problems to deal with in a church. Things come up. And why would we, um, I mean, it used to be in our society that men would actually open the door for their wife and that men wouldn't, rec wouldn't, you know, sit there and watch their wife pick something up and heavy and carry it across the room. Men would have stepped in to be a man in a situation like that. And in, in the church for us to get, it, get these twisted ideas out of society that men can't be men and actually stand in that position, I think is actually partly been because of some of these spineless, backboneless men in the church that has left such a vacancy that the women have had to step up. So if, if the pastor isn't willing to do his duties and his wife has to step in and do it for him, like what kind of a man is going to sit there and, and, and let the pastor's wife sort out all the problems for the church? I mean, it just seems so irresponsible and so reckless, honestly, that men in the church would be okay trying to leave that responsibility to the women to go and, and deal with a man that's, you know, an abusive husband in the church or, you know, the different issues that might come up in the church. Are you going to put that on the women to deal with that? And so I think that that's just what's really being addressed here is that, that it is the role of, of the men to lead out in the church and we shouldn't be passing this, passing this off. You know, I agree. And we're kind of getting into uh, the topic for next week, but <clears throat> so many I've heard from a lot of women who don't have much experience with the Bible, usually women that are not saved who have just kind of used uh, uh, a few select verses in the Bible as an excuse to write off the whole thing. And they talk about how, you know, um, women are under the thumb of men in Christianity and in the church. And that's what the Bible says. And, and it really couldn't be more uh, any further from the truth, because what the Bible calls every man to do for his wife is to give his life for her. Uh, it says we are to do that unto death, which you can't have. There is no greater act of love that, you know, Jesus talks about this in the book of John than for someone to give their life for another. And that's exactly what men are called to do for their wives. They are to uh, protect them, make sure that they are safe, that they are provided for, and literally you know, go to work every day, breaking their back until they're old and crippled to make sure that their wife has whatever they need. Uh, that, that's the job of a man. 
And we're going to talk about that next week. And it starts outlining that all the way back in Genesis chapter two. So, um, Caleb, let me jump in with a verse that I've got set here. So this is first Timothy chapter two, verses 11 through 15. We're going to go ahead and just um, cut right to the chase here. (laughs) Well, I mean, what are we doing? Okay. What I figure is at the end of this video, there's a chance that some of our women listeners will still like you. Okay. All right. As soon as you get done um, with that, no I have first for me. I have first Corinthians for, uh, fourteen thirty four ready to well, fire off after you get done with this. Oh, so anyway, okay, go good. ahead. I, I was gonna. <laughs> that was my next one. Well, and really, <laughs> l- let me let me just say something because you know we joke about this, but honestly, do you know why Caleb and I cut right to it and get to the verses that are difficult and and sound ugly when you read them? Because we are not going to be patronizing to women. They are all smart enough and strong enough to read the Bible and deal with it like an adult. And we're not going to tiptoe around. There's plenty of churches you can go to that are going to tiptoe around all of that. We are not going to do that because we happen to have a level of respect for all of our listeners. There are plenty of people that are going to come and go and never want to hear from us again. That's fine. Okay, there are churches that they will feel comfortable in, but we are not going to patronize our listeners, you know, by trying to soft soap everything and walk on eggshells. That's nonsense. That's not what people are here for. So here we go. First Timothy chapter two, verses 11 through 15. Let the women learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression, notwithstanding she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. Now, obviously, the the first two verses are the ones that we're looking at as far as today, but I did want to read, you know, basically to the to the period there, to the end of the thought, you know, to give a little bit of context. So let the women learn in silence with all subjection. Okay. Now we're going to talk about that. And if you don't like the sound of that, you think that's too harsh. Wait until Caleb reads first Corinthians 14, 34 and 35. Okay. But in verse 12, and, and we'll explain it. I'll explain why this is and how this works and, and how first Corinthians works as well. But what I want to focus on is verse 12. But I suffer not a woman to teach nor usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. Okay, now, this is the tough part that a lot of folks don't want to stand on or don't want to believe or don't want to uphold. And it's a shame because the Bible also explains that a woman has a job teaching in the church. It is just not men. That's it. The Bible in in Titus 2 verses 4 and 5, and and I'll put it up on the screen a little bit and we can get back to this, says that they may teach the young women. Okay, so women are allowed, as far as what the Bible says, to teach women and children in the church. There's only one group they're not allowed to teach, and that is men. Now, There are two problems here. Number one is the woman that takes on the role 
that teaches men. That is a problem. That is clearly sin in the Bible. You are not allowed to do it. God forbids it. Deal with it. Okay, just grow up and accept that the, what the Bible says is true and, and what it says is best for all of us, whether we like it or not. I take a hard line on so many things in the Bible. I don't like half of what I take a hard line on, but that doesn't matter. That's what it says, and I can't get around it. So the reason my life is blessed is because I obey God, not because I agree with everything that he says. Okay, now. There's a second problem here. You ready for this, fellas? If you are under the teaching or authority of a woman in the church that you're in, guess what? That is sin. That is your fault. That is your problem, fellas. And you need to deal with that. I can tell you exactly how many times I have sat under a woman teaching the Bible. And that is a big fat zero. I get up and I walk away. You will never see me sit under a woman teaching the Bible. I don't do it. Why? Because I want to be blessed of God and God forbids it. And yes, he forbid the woman from doing it, but that means he also forbids me from condoning it, which is why I don't do it. Caleb, jump in because I'm going to make a few more points about this verse and it's only going to get tougher and uglier. Yeah. So, um, if, if you're just tuning in, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> welcome to Bible, to the Bible Thumper. My good friend Patrick Hayes. We my politically correct. Everybody. So now we're going to go on to 1 Corinthians 14, and I'm going to go down to verse 34. And this reiterates, but it, it actually puts something else here that, that uh, Patrick uh, was not able to read out of the other verse there. Um, it says, let your women keep silence in the churches for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. And this idea here that it is a shame for women to speak in the church is the same idea that is mentioned in quite a few other places in the Bible. Um, it is a for it to be a shame, I don't understand how we would be like, all right, well, that's fine. We're going to go ahead and just kind of budge on this area. We're going to go ahead and keep the rest of the Bible. If, you, if you're going to budge on this area, in my opinion, you should have a woman pastor, but throw the Bible away. Have a public burning of the Bible right up front you because you obviously don't care at all about the Bible. So don't don't pretend to be a woman pastor and then preach the Bible. Just come up with your own thing, which I would recommend. Go ahead and put a little truth in with that. So go ahead and retranslate it. I'm sorry. Here I go again. Welcome to Bible Thumper, ladies and gentlemen. That's Caleb Jenks suggesting burning your Bibles at the front of the church. You heard it here first. So, you know, one of these days, don't don't ever run for political office, please. Oh, or or I do it because somebody is gonna somebody is gonna go on here and they're gonna pull clips out of the Bible thumper and they're gonna play yeah. them over and over and over yep. again. So, anyways, yep. here it here it says that it is that they're commanded to be in, in obedience. Now, this is very interesting because Patrick was mentioning here earlier that the woman is not supposed to have authority over the over the man. Now Let's just say, for instance, that we are going to establish a church. We're going to start from scratch. And when when somebody walks through the front door of the church, they're going to come in here and we're going to have it be that, that they see that the women, we just 
we just have a decree that the women are in charge of the church. Well, everybody's like, well, that would be ridiculous. We're not going to do that, but we don't need the men in charge either. All right. Let's just push the whole authority thing aside because we don't like that. You know, authority, that's an uncomfortable thing. And it is, it is an uncomfortable thing, but God is the one that created it. It says that they are supposed to be in obedience. All right. Now this is, if, if people don't, if you can't understand this, if you can't first sit down and understand that God meant for there to be between men and women in the marriage, the, the men were supposed to lead out and the women were supposed to submit to their husbands, then this doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense for us to all of a sudden just implement this in the church, say, okay, we're going to start the church and we just want to go ahead and pick who's going to, you know, how's the pecking order going to work here? We're going to put the guys in charge, or the ladies in charge. We play rock, paper, scissors, and lo and behold, the, the guys win. That's not how it works. God has set this since day one, when he first created us, he created man and women, man and woman. And he, he's designed the relationship to work the way that it was. Um, he said, and if you go clear back to Genesis, that, he, that the woman was going to look to her husband and that he was going to rule over her. Patrick didn't write that. I didn't write that. Um, and if we would have played rock, paper, scissors, maybe it would have turned out the other way, but we're not here to play rock. We don't get to vote here. We're not going to play rock, paper, scissors. So here we, we have it. It says very clearly that um, they are not supposed to speak. They're supposed to be um, commanded to be under obedience, as also says the law. So this is clearly talking about women speaking, getting up front, speaking in the pulpit in the church as a teacher. There's also places that it, that it talks about the women praying or prophesying. Um, you know, possibly reading scripture, like Patrick said, they could be, you know, teaching other women. There's plenty of other places for them to to work, but this is clearly talking about them preaching in the church as as the pastor. And it says it's a shame for the women to speak in the church. So, why would we want to put our women in a position of shame? Where later on the guys were like, "Hey, let's let's put you up front here and speak." Even though the Bible says it's a shame, let's go ahead and make make that choice. Or why would why would like Patrick said why would we choose to participate in that teaching? And this is something that I ran across. It was interesting for me because there are some there are some women out there that you turn on the Christian radio station and there will be you know a, a woman that's that's giving something and sometimes it's very inspirational, very motivational. And I would say that it's not like that you can't ever listen to a woman share her heart or share a scripture, but when they start becoming a shepherd in your life, where you're looking to them for your spiritual guidance, and this includes outside of the church, I would say this includes in the home and this includes um, on YouTube or, you know, wherever you might be listening to women preaching. Um, There are some women out there that write some really good books and things like that. If you're a guy, I'm sorry, that's really not where God designed for you to be getting your counsel or your, your shepherd shouldn't be a woman. And that's what Patrick said. Um, you have to kind of draw this line and realize this doesn't just apply to the woman that's preaching. It applies to you if you're listening and you're, and you're under their, their spiritual leadership, so to speak, or their authority. So <clears throat> something I want to point out here as well with 1 Corinthians is it talks about the women uh, keeping silence in the church not permitting them to speak. Um, And then it talks about that the way they are supposed to learn in verse 35 is asking their husbands and doing that at home. So these verses are confronting two things. Number one, they are forbidding a church to be run by women. If you've ever been to a church that's run by women, 
you know it. And it's very different than the way God set it up. If you've ever been to a home that is run by the wife, you know it. And it is very different than the way God set it up. And what God is trying to do is to get the women here. Okay, Paul's writing a letter to the church in Corinth. And he's saying, look, what we need to do, because you have to understand, okay, the culture that they came from, th this is not a um, this is not a letter to the women in the church in Jerusalem who grew up under Judaism and understood this whole idea of <clears throat> um, the way the home was set up, the idea that the man was commanded to lead. They're not familiar with that. And in this pagan culture, they had a lot of women okay, that were used to being in that position. And Paul is correcting it. He's saying, no, that's not how it works. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to get the men in the home to take on that position of leadership in teaching his wife the Bible, teaching it to the family, and being the spiritual leader in the home. Now, Caleb, I don't know about you, but I have met lots and lots of women, Christians, and if I had to pick the number one complaint of Christian women, at least the complaint they give to me, it is, I wish my husband took more of a leadership role in the spiritual welfare of our family. I hear that constantly that the woman that would, I would say the wife wishes her husband would step up and lead the family to God. Go ahead. That and the number one complaint from women all across the world. You look at the me too movement, mm -hmm. you look at the, you know, women that are upset about the way that men are treating women. Mm -hmm. There's women out there that are wishing that God, that there was godly men around them that were treating them like a woman, even yeah. though, Many of them would reject the idea of them taking the role of the woman and mm -hmm. al allowing men to lead out. They wish that there was that there was men in their lives that were godly men that were leading out um, and treating women the way that women should be treated. And and nowadays, it's to treat a woman like a woman is is looked at as some some sort of evil. And yet, it it should be that that's really what the society needs as far as some of these scandals and the the um, abuse that women deal with is there's men that have grown up in homes where they weren't taught to treat women like a woman um so here is i just wanted to go back to this for, first corinthians 14 um we have um if we go back one verse for 30 verse 33 it says for god is not the author of confusion but of peace as in all churches of the saints. Um, I believe that this was not, I mean, you mentioned this was, this was written in this case, this was written to the church in Corinth, but um, it, it, oftentimes Paul mentioned that what he, what he was writing was consistent um, with the other churches. He, he, he shared the same gospel, the same message with, with all the churches. And this is one, one situation here where he says, God is not the author of confusion, but of, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. And then it immediately goes from there to says, let your women keep silence in the churches. Mm -hmm. And I, I do think that people taking this to say this was, this was strictly a situational thing. This was a problem that they were dealing with in that church where there was women speaking out of order. And Paul was trying to address that, say the women need to shut up and, and be quiet is probably, um, is probably a misunderstanding of this because it's clear, it's clear in plenty of other places of the Bible that this was not just written to the church of Corinth. Um, so what do you, um, 
what do you what do you, what is your thought on the practical and of course here we here we go with the practical rather than the biblical and we can get to more scriptures i had mentioned this earlier as far as as far as dealing with church problems within the church mm-hmm. that's an internal issue where mm-hmm. where the men really need to be able to lead out with those internal issues but i have seen and this is a practical thing i have seen plenty of women that that are pastors that are good people Mm-hmm. And they're they are trying to promote truth, and when put in the face of adversity, they don't seem to. And this is going to sound all all backward and all wrong. They don't seem to have the same um, the same ability that men have. If you see two guys in a fight, mm-hmm. uh, the, the oftentimes the, it's going to be a, a woman standing to the side cheering or, or or cheering them on or saying hey don't don't get, don't get yourself hurt back off mm-hmm. you know whatever they don't have the they don't necessarily have just the nature in them that god has put in men as far as being able to deal with a confrontation and being able to take a stand for what is right or what is wrong in the same way that men can i'm not saying across the board that women can't be apologists or that they can't stand up for truth but i'm just saying that in the in the idea of of churches where I have seen where they put the women in charge, it's oftentimes been a very, very quick downward spiral with other biblical issues that the church stopped taking a biblical stance on. All of a sudden, they accept gay ma- marriage, they accept gay pastors, they um, start, they start just kind of back, back. Uh, what am I trying to say? Backpedaling. <laughs> on on all of the thing, all of the stands that the church used to be pretty firm on and it seems that i'm not saying that men, that men pastors don't do this as well i'm sure that they do and i know plenty of them that do but i've even seen some of these ladies in you know in interviews or whatever online where they're where a man where you have a maybe an atheist man that's that's debating or confronting a christian woman and she's in this position of church leadership and saying well do you believe that that muslims are going to go to hell mm-hmm. and you know you put somebody under that kind of pressure and it really takes it takes some strength to be able to say no i don't believe that muslims are going to go to heaven unless they accept jesus as their savior i mean that's something that that i can say as a man but i have seen plenty of women i my wife in particular, I know the way that she is. She believes the way that I believe. We have a lot in common, but put into the same exact conversation, the same position, she may not have, she may choose the non-confrontational route because women are nicer than men. They're kinder, they're more gentle. And so you, why do we put them out there and throw them out there on the front line and say, you, you're going to fight for us. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of no wonder that you see some of these churches that take the first step of saying, okay, we're going to allow women pastors. And pretty soon now, now they're going to allow everything because they have this very sweet, gentle, caring, loving person that doesn't want to hurt anybody's feelings in there. And sometimes they need a fighter and they're just willing to say, no, we're going to stick with the Bible. I, I think he used the right word there, uh, a fighter. And that's what I was going to, to kind of add in to what you're saying is that um, men not only are not, you know, scared of a fight, oftentimes we're looking for one. Um, and I don't mean going to blows in, you know, a liquor store parking lot, you know, but I'm talking about um, God put it in us to to fight. You see that in little boys from a young age, you know, they're not afraid to go to blows or to wrestle with each other. Um, it's just something that God put in us. And and I would agree 
most ladies that I know uh, are typically not going to be the most confrontational as far as they don't enjoy it, you know, and I'm sure there are exceptions, but, but either way, um, I, I, I see your point and I agree. Now, I want to bring one up with you um, because this will be as popular as everything else we talk about. Okay. So we talked about pastors. We talked about women being in the position of authority. So let's go to another one. Let's talk about youth pastors. Should women youth be pastors. youth pastors? Yep. Because it's another one where in a lot of churches that's popular. So what does the Bible have to say about that? If, if it's a bunch of young ladies, go for it. <laughs> okay. And, and you really said what, exactly what I was going to say. The, the problem nowadays is that so many churches, they justify using women in leadership roles in the position of leading the youth or being a youth pastor. And the way they can justify it is they say, well, you know, we're, we're still allowed to teach women and children. And, you know, none of these boys are 18 yet. And I hate to tell you, that's not the biblical line for when a boy becomes a man. Uh, that might be the uh, legal uh, age in America today, but that is not uh, what the Bible uses. And the problem with having so so real quick, uh, you can there's really only two ages that you can argue as far as um, becoming an adult in biblical times. You either have 12 or 13. And you can, I've heard arguments for both and I'm fine with both. Either way, it was the Jewish custom that at that age you would have your bar mitzvah. You were declared a man uh, to that degree. You have to understand that they uh, would be even eligible for military service, although there would be restrictions on it usually at that age. It was still something that they could do. Uh, David, we know for sure, went off to war and fought uh, with all the other men when he was 16. And I'm not going to go through every example of the Bible, but clearly the Bible does not consider a man to be 18. Now, here's the other problem, is that during the ages of somewhere between, let's say, 10 years old and 18 to 20, what you want to be doing is training these boys to become men. And you are not going to do that under the tutelage of a woman. It will not happen. You will have weak, effeminate boys turning into weak, effeminate men you will not be getting the product that God wants you to have. If you want to know why there are so many uh, young men that have no idea how to act like a man, has no idea what their role and responsibility is, the reason is it's because they've been raised by and taught by women their entire life. So, 100% absolutely not. Women should not be in a leadership role uh, with the youth. They should not be a youth pastor. And as Caleb said, um, you know, should they be used to teach the young women? Absolutely. That is exactly what the Bible says. Titus 2, chapter uh, verses 4 and 5, that they may teach the young women. 
And and believe it or not, it teaches specifically. Now, I want to go over this. In Titus chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, what it says is that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. So if you didn't like the other verses that we read, go check out Titus chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, because that not only talks about women teaching women and children, but it talks about specifically what is supposed to be taught to these younger women, that they are supposed to love their husbands, love their children, and be discreet, chaste keepers at home. That is the role that God wants these young ladies prepared for. For some reason, that is completely lost, it seems like, in American culture nowadays. The idea that it is the glory of a woman to be a keeper at home and to raise his family and to love her husband and support him in the work that God has called him to do. For some reason, that is kind of one of the most offensive things you can mention or even talk about. But anyway, the idea that women are teaching uh, children, especially obviously male children that are supposed to be growing up, um, you know, to be men, it's, it's a problem. It should not happen. Um, and I think the Bible's clear about that. Once again, you see it everywhere and it's really, it's, I see it really as an issue. And one of the major reasons that men are growing up to be weak and effeminate Christian men, go ahead, Caleb, jump on in. Well, um, so there's a bunch of comments uh, for some reason, all the comments just loaded into be like, yeah, they've been um, coming up in Facebook, but on yeah, I was, I was, program. I was watching them on Facebook too. Uh, Cause I noticed there wasn't any comments. I was like, man, we really did run everybody off. Didn't we? Um, <laughs> but there's one here that didn't actually load on here because I had shared the video on my, on my uh, Facebook page personally. And a good friend of mine, somebody that I consider as a, as a role model, as far as a, a Christian that has, um, that has sought God. And, and I, I see the, the fruit in his life. Um, Vendel, he, he mentioned here, he said, as a man, I have to walk in the authority of God, true, the spirit as an example for my wife, so she can walk in my authority in the order of God. He, God says, you have to re- realize this guy's Romanian. So his accent, it comes out in his, in his comment here, but he said, he, he, God set the order in the Bible. And if I will take the lead, she will, she will have the security and will be easy for her to follow. God never will give a man's authority to a woman. When in Acts have problem between the Grecian women, the apostles do not put them over the other woman, but a spirit-filled man, Stephen. Um, here is something that's interesting to me is this guy, um, I was over at his house and he was telling me, and I, I wouldn't have probably noticed it, but I've noticed it since then. And his, um, whenever he, I, I eat, at his house pretty frequently. He's always invited me over to for lunch or whatever. And his wife will bring out food and she always sets his dish before she sets somebody else's dish. Um, and I'm, this is just something that they do in their home, but it's a, her way of showing honor, honor to her husband. Um, I think it's important for men and women to realize that this issue is a two-way street. This is not supposed to be about the guy's lording it over our wives, but about wives 
that want to follow God's biblical order. And when you have, when you have women that are in the church that want to honor God and honor their husbands in the order that God set in place, even if they don't understand it, even if they disagree with it, they choose to honor it because this is the way that God made it. It can be a beautiful thing that shows the picture of the, of the bride of Christ and, and Christ being the groom. And, and you see this, I was recently at my brother's wedding and, and the, uh, during the message, I was thinking about this whole this whole concept of how how thankful I am that that we have the Bible to turn to, because otherwise this would not be a popular it would not be a popular thing. Patrick mentioned that when you're in a woman in a in a in a home that's run by the woman and that the man doesn't take that leadership role, you can see the evidence in the home. That doesn't mean that 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 home can't survive. I know homes where there's, you know, a non-Christian husband living with a, a Christian wife and, and you see the wife ending up leading out kind of spiritually as a spiritual leader more, more so than what it should have to be in the home. And I'm not saying that it can't survive, but the idea that <clears throat> the idea that we should somehow stumble with this and say, oh man, this is a, this is a big deal. This is some, some sort of a negative thing that God has going on. I have seen that when this is played out and walked out practically, that it is absolutely a beautiful, amazing thing to watch. You see, you see women that are content to submit and say, God, this is what you told me to do and I'm going to do it. And it is a very honorable, noble thing to see. You see uh, men that are willing to lead out and, and, and to, I'm not saying lord it over your wife as, hey, I'm gonna, you're under my thumb and I'm going to hold you down, but to, to lead out and say, I'm going to follow God. And, the, and I liked what Vendel said here, that it gives, her, it gives her the security and it makes it easy to, to follow. If I'm, if I'm focused on keeping the women in check in my church and making sure that my wife is in check, um, I could become a monster that's pretty hard to be around. But if I'm following God and, and so focused on him that that there isn't that I'm so far off track that my wife has to constantly be trying to, you know, steer the ship back. Right. Not that that doesn't happen. And there's the times that your wife has to in the, you know, in your home say, Hey, you know, the Bible says this, it doesn't seem like you're doing it. You told me you believe this. Why are you slacking? And our wives can, can do that, you know, in, in the private of our homes. But I think that it's actually, I think that it's, it's really crummy that something like this, that can be such a beautiful thing. Um, this couple that I'm referring to, they're, probably, I don't know, maybe in their mid fifties, 60, somewhere in that range, have some grandchildren and, and you go into their home and you just feel a sense of solidity there. It's, there's something very solid in their home. They're both content living out the role that God put, put that, you know, put them in. And you don't sense that, that they're just constantly striving to be outside of that role. It's not like he's trying to become more feminine that she's trying to become more masculine. She's an amazing woman. You know, she's out mowing the, she mows the grass in their yard and she's, you know, doing the animals and whatever. And so you see, you see them kind of just blossoming in this relationship. And that would have never turned into that if he would have been like, honey, why don't you just uh, be the spiritual leader in the home? And I'm going to kind of take a backseat approach and <laughs> see how this thing goes. He chose to step up as a man and say, all right, you know, I'm the man in the house and this is God's, my God given role. And so, and he, and he took that, that's not a popular thing to do, but it's, it's what God says to do. And it turns out to be something that the world can look at and say, Hey, the church has something to offer here. There's something here that I don't see. Everybody else's homes is falling apart. There's, you know, fatherless homes, children, like Patrick said, sons being raised without a father. Um, anyway, I've been on that rant long enough. I just, no, you, go off. you made a good point. And, and I will tell you this. 
Um, there is nothing I hate to see more than a wife who loves God and wants to obey and follow God and a lazy husband that's doing nothing. It breaks my heart every time I see that because you, you have a woman who does want to obey God and submit to her husband. And she does want to find joy in the role that God set up for her. And she can't do it because her husband is unwilling to step up to the plate and to lead and to make the decisions and uh, shame on the men, the Christian men in the world, because it is not fair to ask a woman to marry you if you have no idea where you're going. It is not fair to ask a woman to marry you and follow you if you have no idea what you're doing. You need to know what the word of God says. You need to have a job and know what your mission in life is. You need to have some direction because <clears throat> if you don't know where you're going, then any train will get you there. And it is not fair to ask a woman to hitch her wagon to that horse. And it's a shame that you see that a lot. It's also difficult. Um, you mean hitch her horse to that wagon? <laughs> no, no, no. Hitch the wagon to the horse that's just walking in circle. You know, the husband being the horse, the woman has the wagon. Did I not use yeah, that well, analogy correctly? No, no, you did. But in that case, okay. it's, it's more like hitching the horse to the wagon because... Sure. She's going to be the one who has to pull the whole thing. Okay. Okay. I get it. Okay. Very good. So <laughs> anyway, the, it, it falls apart and it never works out. And Caleb, I'll tell you what, you know, um, our house, th there are some folks on here that, that follow Bible Thumper that know my wife and I, and that know you and your wife. And I'll tell you. For the folks that have been to my home and, and have, have worshiped God with me and have been around us a bunch, you know, my wife and I, Joanna and I don't have an issue with getting on board with what God said. As a matter of fact, we both find safety and security and comfort in it. It's not a hassle. It's not a bother. It's not an uphill battle or something we have to fight about. We it works out great when we both do our job. And when one of us fails, then it's harder. But I, I don't know. I, I hate to say it, but I'm just as simple as God said it and I believe it and that settles it. And it works. For those of you that struggle with things that God has said in the Bible, you haven't tried it or you gave up too quick. You know, everyone that tells me, oh yeah, tithing doesn't work. You're either an idiot Okay. Yes, it does. Okay. Everything in the Bible works. You just have to obey God and you can't pick one verse and say, okay, I'm going to do this and you don't do anything else. It's kind of a package deal. The whole idea is that you're reading the Bible and trying to learn more about God and you're trying to follow him in his entirety, you know, but for, for everyone that is on board with this, as far as the roles for the man and the woman, the husband and the wife, you know, the pastor and the church and the leadership in the church, it's not an issue. It's a wonderful thing. And we're all grateful, you know, for the, for the roles that God has given us. Um, it is at the hour. Do you have uh, anything you want to say before we say goodnight? Anything else you want to address? Um, 
no, not necessarily. I mean, I think, I think um, whatever we left out, uh, whatever we should just stay on for another hour and finish up next week's topic while we're already on it, <laughs> because we're already we're already headed in that way. Um, obviously, you can't take somebody else's experience in order to in order to define what what you're going to do. Um, but I would say that uh, if you were to um, if you were to ask either Patrick or, or myself on this topic, this isn't, I, I will say that just because I've come to the understanding and the willingness to take the stand that I do on this doesn't mean that I still find it to be a natural or, or comfortable position to take, or that I would have um, chosen to do it the way that God did necessarily if I was God. But the, the fact is, is you don't really get, you don't, you don't get any say in that. It's, it, it is done. It is what it is. And if we can't call it what it is, um, we're, we're really in for a rude awakening later on. My experience has been, I started, I found, um, I found early on in my marriage, the Bible says to, for, for husbands to wash, wash your wives in the water of the word. And I was like, that's just weird. How am I supposed to do that? (laughs) And I have found that sometimes that we can take something like this a little too serious and take it over over the top and and we realize that sometimes as we are as we as we choose to follow God and as we are Christians that some of these things kind of naturally take place in our lives without us having to force it and that we start to see God sort these things out so i was just i was just thinking that along these along these lines um if you if you are in a situation or you're in a church um or you're in a um in a home fellowship group where it's kind of top heavy, but by the women or whatever, I don't know how, how you, how you plan your exit strategy or how you deal with that. But I would say that sometimes that you don't have to take the weight on your shoulders right away to just go in here with a, with a wrecking ball and, and try to start sorting everything out in your church and say, well, you know, sometimes it seems like the women aren't, you know, they say too much, maybe that you don't have a woman pastor, but the the women are um, speaking out too much. It isn't, I don't think it's our job as as men just because we are leading out to be the police of this topic necessarily in every aspect of every woman's life in our church. And I think that we should be mindful of that and be a little bit be a little bit mindful of the fact that there's going to be people that are sinning in plenty of other ways in the church that could be less offensive for us to be the ones to address than this. And so sometimes we should allow the, the older women to teach the younger women in the church, not that the guys can't preach or that the pastor can't preach, but I would just be say that we should maybe be a little careful about becoming overly vigilant about this topic in the church as men and, and live, leave a little wiggle room for a woman that seems like they talk a little too much or, or something like that. This is aside from the, the pastor issue. I, w- I would agree with Patrick. If you are sitting under the teaching of a woman in your church, you yourself are committing a sin because the Bible says it's a shame. Don't do it. Um, if you're in a church that's led by a woman pastor, I would say that that is wrong and the Bible's pretty clear about it. And you probably should find another church or say, Hey, why don't we <laughs> re-examine this at the church as a church? Um, but I think that from my experience with this, this doesn't mean that somehow the women are, are anything less in the church. It doesn't mean that the women don't ever s- speak. And we're not saying that we're going to put a mask on the women when they come into church and they're muzzled and they can't ever say a word. In the state um, of Colorado, it's actually law right now. That they all yeah, exactly. Masks on. I mean, just so we're clear. 
so obviously Patrick and I are no filter here tonight. <laughs> we, we don't have our masks on, but there, there should be plenty. I think in the church, there should be plenty of interaction outside of the actual church service where you got somebody standing in the pulpit preaching. There should be, there should be interaction in the church where men and women are sharing their lives, where you have a sense of community, where you are able to have fellowship, where, where the women have the opportunity to express their feelings, um, have friends. This shouldn't be this chauvinist idea that men are the only ones that are ever allowed to talk in church. And I think that we should, that we should not, not take it to that extreme. And I, I guess just as much as we should warn women against being pastors, we should also warn men against becoming sexist, um, idiots in the church. You don't have to take this to an extreme. Um, there should be, I don't believe that church should just be, you sit down for the show, you listen to somebody talk and you get up and you leave. I really think that church in general should have, there should be a lot more interaction outside of the formal church service where we're out working side by side, shoulder to shoulder, men and women in the kingdom, reaching the lost, serving, helping. There should be, um, there should be a lot more going on in the church than just preaching the gospel. And when it comes to opening the word and preaching it, yes, you should have a man as a pastor of your church leading out in that way. But men and women should be able to interact in the church, be friends. Not, I, I don't believe that Paul was indicating here that women should never be able to have an, an opportunity to interact. I, I do think that there should be ways outside of just sitting there listening to a one-hour monologue. <laughs> oh, speaking of a one-hour, we're at one hour and seven minutes. <laughs> speaking of one-hour monologues. <laughs> Anyways, that's I guess that's my my thought on it is if the church hadn't turned into a an entertainment sit sit down watch the show get up and see who can make it to their car first so you don't get in a fight trying to get out of the parking lot because of the traffic jam if it hadn't turned into that maybe this wouldn't seem like such a, a touchy issue where it's like okay well when do the women speak then do they ever have a chance or are they supposed to stay silent the whole time they're in church how can they have any fellowship. I don't think that's what it's supposed to mean here. I think women can visit with each other. There should be interaction and fun times and, and women shouldn't always be silent in the church. So hopefully we took our hard line up front and I'm not trying to dumb it down or, or take a soft line at the end. Patrick's like, yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, Caleb's whole bit at the end there was actually fed to him by our lawyers to try to <laughs> try to deflect some liability. <laughs> No, anyway, that's that was all at the end. I just thought I should mention that we should, as men, we should also be res respectful of the women. There is a point of su submitting yourselves one to another in the church, and that does go for men and women as well. And we do have, we should all have um, a, a humility and realizing that there isn't supposed to be these this pecking order and this these positions that we try to climb the ladder at church and we have to be a somebody in the church. I don't, and Jesus said when people called him rabbi, he said, no, don't call me rabbi. So I don't think that any of us men or women should be seeking those titles out anyways in the first place of, oh, I have to be the pastor. I've got to hold, you know, hold this over people. If we think that we're the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, we need to realize um, that that's not what Jesus said if we're, if we're trying to figure out who's the greatest. So this doesn't mean that men are somehow greater than women. It just is that we're different. Men are supposed to be men. Women are supposed to be women. And God put it this way. Men are supposed to take lead and the women are supposed to submit and follow their lead. This is the way that God set it up. And I think we can be okay with this and just say, all right, God, this is what you said. Let's, let's do it. Anyway, that's, that's my last 15 minute monologue. Well, put. okay. And with that, we're going to let everyone go. Um, Cause it is uh, the beginning of Saturday. So Shabbat Shalom. 
enjoy your weekend, everybody. Thanks for coming on here, Caleb, and and doing this one. And uh, next week, uh, like I said, make sure all the guys are present and uh, get your husband and your boyfriend and your fiance and your uh, get your kids. You know, if your boys are 10 years old or older, I would say get them on here for next week and we'll let them have it. And uh, hopefully we'll do a good job, good job for you next week. Thank you everyone for joining us and I'm going to say good night. All right. Good night, y'all.